Hey guys, this is Keaton Cash, founder of The Mod Club. I'm here with Luca Rosenberg-Lee, longtime friend and colleague, and we're going to be talking about everything to do with trans life, self-improvement, dating, love, surgeries, all the things we're just going to go in, and we're going to bring these to you regularly. Um, hit us up with questions in the comments. We're going to be going in and answering those as well. I feel like, like Jaw had heard of you, but I had never met you someone refer you to work for me or something because what happened was uh basically you were doing some marketing for the steady and jaw came to take photos and then i came to be in it and that was one of the flyers that was put out was you and me in that picture we should put a picture (laughs) up of that right now (laughs) holy shit i forgot about that so much so yeah we're basically like having like total like sexy photo shoot time yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then I don't know how that transitioned into like you bartending yeah I think like I I don't know I think it, you you may I may have mentioned hey if there's ever an opening you know or something yeah. and then I don't know how long it was after but you were like yeah you know if you want to come work the bar or at least help you in you know with kind of the busing and things like that um and I think that's how it started and that went on for a very long time. <laughs> I love those old photos of us actually, like, or of the space. Oh yeah. 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 It, it's, it's been so long now. I think one of the things I really um, liked about that time too, was how much we knew almost that it would one day be over. And like, we were regularly like actively making memories because obviously it can't go on forever. And you want to remember those times. Yeah, 100%. I feel like my mind was always like, what's after this? Mm -hmm. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows, but (laughs) it's, it's, you can't be helped sometimes. Yeah, you know, I I was definitely in it like full hearted, but it was probably only a year, year and a half before I was like, okay, this is actually not exactly what I wanted it to be, or it's Mm -hmm. not going to take me where I wanted it to take me. You were the only other one working for me, I think. I mean, you know, I'm sure there were some exceptions, but like most of the people that were surrounding me there were sort of hospitality lifers in one one sense or another. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, you and I had like the marketing stuff in, uh, in common and we had, you know, the interest in like dating and like mm-hmm. life improvement, self-improvement. Yeah. Um, I think just all around like hustle nature. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so it was in the, it was in that experience where I was like, before I had that experience, I thought, you know, the bar thing is definitely this dream or owning a restaurant, owning a bar, doing something in hospitality. And then you do get that experience of being so close to that and you realize, wow, this is, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like it definitely, but good to try and do, but I, I definitely real, I'm glad that I did have that experience because it's, you know, I think it is really awesome, but there's also other things that it has its down, it has its challenges. Well, if I've met, if I've left a mark on this planet in any way, it's probably by scaring the shit out of tons of people who thought they wanted to own a bar at some point. Yes, and yes. At me and they were like, "Holy fuck, I so don't own a bar." <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just it's so much. And then on top of that, you take in the pandemic stuff that's going on. Like, 
and the hitting of restaurants, I have like a whole other level of empathy for, for that experience because we know most bars and restaurants are not in a good place even before pandemic. They're, you know, it's so much to keep stuff going. There's so much inventory involved. There's so many people, you know, to nav- to manage. Um, and they're operating on the tiniest margins. And then you hit a pandemic, like, I don't know how people have kept their sanity. Yeah, I don't know how anybody has really stayed open unless their commercial landlords yeah. have just been super generous or they own the building. From the dating perspective too, I'm trying to think of if I was single for some of that time. You were not really off and on, but you were just kind of in this like interesting kind of dance with. Yes, um, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, what you realize is such an important part of the dating experience. Like good luck getting through life without that. I mean, unless you just meet one person and you're with them, with them, with them. But I find especially like tying it into trans guys, like you need the experience. And, and because we don't live in a world that says, you know, trans guys have multiple dating experiences. Most of the media is like, whether if you're queer at all, almost is you're expected to just find someone right out the gate and because dating's too hard or things like that emotionally. And I, I think maybe the older I've gotten to, I think that there are past experiences. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like my past experiences of being queer female young and having feeling like there's been, there was a lot of rejection, especially as a young person, like you kind of, at least for me, you feel bad about your sexuality and on some level, cause you don't have enough knowledge about it, which then builds in all this shame. And then most of the time that you're pursuing, at least women, for me, you're hit with their insecurities and being labeled things that maybe you don't want to be labeled. And I think it builds up a lot of anxiety around meeting women or dating, or even if you're with men or just dating in general, I don't know if it's the same for trans gay guys, but I definitely found that as, as someone who like dated women my whole life. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, My experience like before transition was, was oddly so different. And I think it's probably not the norm, but it was really easy. I didn't feel, I felt like the world was still my oyster. Mm -hmm. in a way where I had I came out with a long-term girlfriend and then we broke up I you know I did the typical like oh I was devastated sort of thing but then Mm -hmm. you know eventually I was sort of became a serial monogamist with with different girls and for me at the time the trouble was more about like just finding somebody that I was interested in enough to date or get in a relationship with that was my challenge and I mean that's still my challenge but it was totally different because I, I had this confidence that like once I met them, it, I could probably like make it happen mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I was sort of in this like, I didn't need to disclose anything. There wasn't this like, you know, potential confusion of like, who are you and what are you mm-hmm. about? It was just like, like before transition, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before. Once I you know, I did transition inside of a relationship uh, that I knew would end and looked forward to ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then once it ended, uh, it was the first time that I was hit with that, like, fear of like, it was weird, because I felt like at the same time, like being a trans guy was super trendy. Like, this was like 10 years ago. This was like, 
the fact that we thought it was trendy then, I feel like it's even, you know, it's changed. The landscape's even wilder now. Oh yeah, so much. But like, it felt like, you know, kind of fresh, trendy. And I was like, okay, well, that gave me a little peace of mind that people were like curious and, you know, whatever, everything that goes along with trends. But then, yeah, it was the first time that I was hit with this like insecurity that it was going to be really hard for me to find somebody to date or find Mm -hmm. whatever. And that felt really weird. And it stayed with me. It stayed with me through my whole transition of like, yeah, um, I've been fortunate that a bunch of women, you know, seemingly great women in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Can I be catty like that? Yes. Um, Sort of fell into my lap pretty organically. Yeah, same. um, Until, you know, until after a few of those relationships where I was just like, holy shit, I looked back and was like, I've been serial monogamous uh, basically my entire adult life Mm -hmm. just without intending to be, but just in this spirit of going with the flow. And then, you know, when you and I started, you know, hanging out and working together a lot, you know, you were meeting me, I think like right on the heels of my last relationship before the one I'm in now. And that's when I was just like, I need to take a really conscious break. Yeah. You paved the way for me with that a lot, actually. Like the three years that I spent single between the relationship that I'm in now were like life changing and so important. And I, I remember really, really realizing that I basically knew no trans guys except for you that had voluntarily been single. You know, when people are like, I'm going to be single for a bit, but it's like, you know, that's an active choice you have to make, right? Like, especially if you're a dater or someone who has found themselves in a lot of relation back-to-back relationships without taking some conscious time away from it, it's not just going to be, oh, you're going to stop dating because there'll always be people that are going to be into you. And if, like, I had to realize for myself too, you tell yourself this story where like no one's into you when really it's like, there are people that are into you. It's just actively saying, not just falling into things just because they're there. Yeah. You know, cause there's millions of people looking to date, which is a realization that I've had in the last number of years too. Like, and I'm so unlearning that being like, there are no women. It's like, there's tons. It's just what kind of relationship do you want to be in? Do you want to be one where you're happy actually? Or like you, you found a partnership where you feel like you can at least work together or do you want just like whatever the fuck is around? And normally when you look back, you realize, yeah, I basically went for anyone who's willing to be with me. And maybe that is a trans or it's a low self-esteem thing. I can definitely say that. I thought I had high self-esteem for a lot of my life. Apparently I don't. Or I like, it was a big realization to me. Like I'm better at it now, but I, at the time. It's tricky with me. I feel like I didn't have the low self-esteem in a way where I would just take on whoever wanted to like hitch up to me. Mm -hmm. But once I was in the relationships, I was definitely putting up with shit that I would have never put up with Mm pre-transition. And I know that that was totally coming from like a trans insecurity and you know the longer it happened the more easily i could identify it so in the relationship <laughs> with the chef is where i sort of like because that relationship started to go downhill so soon and that was pretty new for me too and i where i was like 
okay, I'm calling this shit out right away. And I said, this shit's got six months. Like I'm mm. giving this, these troubles, these troubled waters. That was your months. first mistake, rookie mistake. <laughs> but it was like, it was needed for my peace of mind. Just mm-hmm. so I would know, like, I, yeah, I, I should have given it less time. But just so I would know, like, I'm not going to spend years dragging myself yeah. through the mud on this. Well, it's nice to be getting the validation of sex too, I think, as a trans guy, which is why it can be hard to not, oh, I'll just give it a bit of time or I'll see if these red flags go away or like, I'll put up with the fact that every week this person's pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And there were so many like tricky factors with that one, especially because we were working together and all that sort of terrible, terribleness. And, you know, she was the first relationship I had where... Post-transition? Post-transition where she didn't know I was trans. Mm-hmm, right, yeah. And she was chasing the hell out of me mm-hmm. without knowing I was trans. And so then when I finally disclosed, she was like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And that was extremely valid. feels so exciting. good when that happens. Yeah, yeah very... It's like, oh shit, like, let's go. And then you realize people will do that all the time, which is such a great place to be. Like when you really have that level of experience where you're taking that in. It is great. And it also really validates this whole thing about like, oh God, do I have to disclose immediately all Mm -hmm. the time? This whole thing about like, are you lying if you don't disclose immediately? Like, A, it's not lying. Like, I understand why people get hung up on that. But like my bottom line is that it's not lying. And, you know, if somebody's chasing you and they don't even know, and then you, that's what allows them to be like, who cares? Yeah. And it's all about how you position it back, which we both have experience having to unlearn. Like you want to say, because I've had other trans guys ask me that before. They're like, when do you tell? And it's like, it's about how you tell, you know, it's like the tendency to say, you know, I've got this thing and you might not like me anymore. And it's kind of this huge deal. And I understand if it's never going to work out, like that will put someone away. Like it'll, then they're like, you're setting them up in this weird way to then reject you, which we don't necessarily think of when we're doing it as opposed to like my method was, well, after I learned from the hard way, um, just to bring it up casually Mm -hmm. on the day, Maybe before that, if you're friends first, it's always the best for me, at least when you have a little bit of a dynamic first and you just bring it up when you meet people, if you're out, like, just like, I'll say, oh yeah, like I made this film about transition and um, just my experience. And then they're usually like, oh, cool. And then you're just on to something else, which is a completely different way of us unlearning transphobia and unlearning, like, you know, how to actually take that change in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't want people to think it's not a big deal, you have to not think it's a big deal. Yeah. It's super important to not give the impression that like you're disclosing that like you have a terminal illness or something. (laughs) I'm going to die in six months, by the way. So like, are you sure you want to get attached to me? Yeah. We're like, holy fuck, (laughs) run out of here. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the show Catfish. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on MTV. It's like, or it was a, yeah, it's like a, finding basically it's like an investigative show where they pursue online relationships with people who haven't met and then they introduce them and then sometimes it ends in havoc right because people lie about who they are anyway um there's a couple episodes where they were more than one where the person is let's say trans they've been, been pretending to be a man online but they're still biologically female and haven't quite figured that 
the, the whole thing out or if they have whatever, all these things. And um, I've noticed over the years on the show where let's say, you know, someone says, I need to meet this person. We've been talking for five years. I'm totally in love with them. I need to meet them. So they meet up and they find out that the person's trans. And there's like a disclaimer usually at the end now that's like being trans isn't a secret, basically. Like, you know, because the show is kind of about like exposing secrets, right? And so just to extra remind people that ultimately, like, if someone hasn't told you that they're trans or like you do, you end up meeting them that that's not, they haven't lied to you in that regard. They've just you know, it's the same as anything else. People just maybe haven't told you something about them, but that it shouldn't be treated like that. Yeah, well, that's nice that they've included that and mm-hmm. that they have that perspective. And, you know, it's so tricky and it's so much, I think the whole thing is like really rooted in like typically like men's fear of, you know, homophobia. Yeah. Being like, yeah. Oh God, like, you know, it centers a lot around trans women and the men freaking out and being like, you're making, you're trying to make me gay or like I'm mm-hmm. gonna be gay if I'm with you and all this sort of stuff, which is completely wrong and mm. untrue. Um, and then, you know, when it comes, you know, ultimately like, yeah, you know, there are a whole, just like there's a whole range of gender identity. There's a whole range of like genital configuration. People can have surgeries to a degree where it could be really innocuous than mm-hmm. they were ever anything else. And even if they haven't had surgeries, you know, there's a lot of people that just aren't so concerned with that. Yeah. Well, we know that man masculinity is not built on the dick. Like, obviously we think that it is a story I think we're built up with, but, and of course we have moments where maybe we feel that way. And even if let's say you do want that, you can still do it. But I think it's psychologically important to remember that like, yeah, that's all the things that maybe we had admire or are aiming for in our personal lives about what makes us the type of men that we want to be or people we want to be or non-binary people want whatever um a lot of that stuff is just built on your psychology about what you believe is possible for you and none of that is related to let's say your physical like necessarily your physicality it's so pervasive in culture like all these cis people are freaking out about like oh my god trans people are lying to me when they try to date me and all this stuff because (laughs) they're so inundated themselves with like, if she has a dick, she's a man, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if he doesn't yeah. have a dick, he's a woman. And it's just like, <laughs> it's so simplistic and ridiculous. Uh, it is, you know, at the same time, like when I was just trying to, you know, scout around for hookups and this, mm-hmm. you know, this, I was mostly doing that with men, gay men, but it does apply to cis women as well. For example, I've asked cis female friends of mine who don't mm-hmm. know I'm trans you know, just sort of in casual conversation, I've been like, you know, would you ever date it? Would you ever consider dating a trans guy? I've asked, yeah. And then they're like, you know, I've had some of them be like, yeah, sure. Like whatever. And then I've had other ones be like, straight off, no questions, just be like, no, I need a big dick. And it's like, (laughs) okay. But that takes out some cisgender guys too. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It takes out, yeah, probably a fair amount of them. goes back to like these assumptions about like what trans bodies are and like what they have and what they don't have, what they're people or what they're exactly people think they need a big dick or whatever. Like, of course, people think that but it's like, then you hear a cisgender guy talk about his sex life with his girlfriend. And it's like, not what we'd imagine, especially as trans guys, sometimes we build up the like, oh, cisgendered men have these amazing sex lives. And basically, if you just have a dick, then girls are all over it. It's like nothing could be further from the truth. Like, you know, I, I and especially like their own insecurities around all of that type of stuff. 
Um, and I was even thinking in particularly like, you know, when their girlfriends, let's say, talk about like the a lasting thing, or they'll be like, you know, expecting a certain kind of sex that a cisgendered man sometimes is also just like, yo, I don't even know how to do that. And like, <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> when you realize that it's not about, yeah. So it's like, it has to be beyond bodies, like really more about the connect, like connection obviously, and what you're kind of energetically bringing to the situation. I am fully convinced that, you know, anybody, you know, but particularly, I guess, a trans guy, you know, can like pack a huge cock and bring big dick energy mm-hmm. into the room. Yeah, I love that term. Give somebody like, you know, the dicking of their life. Yeah. The same or even better than a lot of like- I think better. Like, I've learned in the definitely better, the older I mean, I've gotten. I think better too, just because yeah. like- <laughs> We have the experience yes. and the empathy of like, you know, we know exactly where all the shit is. Like we know yeah. exactly where it is. And we're not exactly just how it works. We know in exactly it to come. the mentality even mm-hmm. of like how to work that up. Yeah. Get it exciting. There's not fear or like ridiculous shit around like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but like, I mean, like you said, like it's going to last. You're not going to mm-hmm. like, you're not going to shoot your load too soon and then not be able to perform. <laughs> no, we romanticize it. We romanticize their experience. And then you actually yeah. talk to a cisgender guy too. And like, if they are, most of them aren't transparent or honest about what they're actually experiencing. But if you do have the opportunity to be very close with a cisgender guy and have him actually tell you how he feels about things like that, it's like, I feel like as trans guys, sometimes we need that perspective because it's so easy to just build. If I was cisgendered, I would just walk around naked and I'd show my dick to everybody. And all. it's like, you don't know that. There's yeah. a lot of cisgendered men that don't even want to shower in a public shower. So, And it doesn't even matter how big their dick is sometimes. Yeah. A lot of times their dick won't even do what they want it to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of cis women that are straight or bi or whatever, but they're like, I hate balls or mm-hmm, cum is really mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. Or, no blowjobs. Could you imagine? Yeah. Or like, you know, these cis guys that like won't go down on their partners. Yeah. So there's still like this whole range in there that's assumed. I mean, when I was just trying to hook up, uh, you know, what the conclusion I came to around some of this too, is that men or women, there are people that are just really obsessed with cock. And then Mm -hmm. there are people that are just really into men. Yeah. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think it's, I would say I'm the first, (laughs) I'm not really obsessed, but I would say that like my, this, I love that you put it like that because my interest in like, let's say just Dick as a thing, definitely turn on, but I would not consider myself gay. I've never even really hooked up with a guy because the idea of men doesn't necessarily attract me just to even focus on gay men, but it can, but it can apply to women is that I found that there were gay men. It just seemed so distinctly divided. There were gay men that were like, when I would disclose, they would be like, like, so what? You're like such a hot guy. Like, I just want to fuck. Like, I don't care. And then there's, you know, the guys that are just like, you know, show me a picture of your dick. Do you have a dick? Mm. Do you not have a dick? Like, just tell, like, I just need to see the dick and then I'll show up or I won't show up. And like, they don't even care what your face looks like or like anything like that. They're just like, I just need a dick in my mouth today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, do you have one? Is it hard? Like, let me come over. Like you don't. Okay. Whatever. And then, (laughs) and then same with the girlfriends that are like, I need a big dick or I don't. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I find I love that you brought the hooking up because I had a lot of hookup anxiety. I went through a big phase in my life after one of my breakups where like I was so convinced that I would never have sex again, like actually. And I was so angry that I felt like I didn't fit into heteronormative life. Like I was like, if I was going to order a hooker, this is when it would be. This is why people do it. Like I felt super insecure about my body. I felt like I had a lot of shame to unpack from my relationship and just the way that it had ended up affecting my mental health. I was so shy and just felt like everyone was going to reject me. Like even if I was out and I saw somebody attractive, I was like immediately my brain would just say, don't even think about it. Never happening. Like Mm -hmm. you'll never have sex again. Like I was really drilling that in. And I was like, well, I guess the only way that I'm going to experience this again. And then I would get more angry because I'm like, where are the sex workers for the queer people? (laughs) Yeah. And then you even get, then you even, let's say, find one. And then you're like, honestly, I don't even want to do this. No, no. I went down the same exact rabbit hole, like not in the same exact way, but like I did. So when I was single for three years, I was... I mean, first off, I was so incredibly exhausted, bitter, Mm -hmm. just like wrecked after the chef. And it wasn't just, it wasn't like the chef did that to me. It was the accumulation Mm -hmm. of like an entire adulthood of like serial monogamy. And then it just ending in such a like icky, disgusting way as it did with the chef Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I felt just like so fucked. And so... I did just hook up with men, but that was a pain in the, it's, it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> complete, complete pain in the ass. Puns. And then in that time though, you know, I was open to hooking up with women, but it was so difficult for me to find a woman that I even felt like I wanted mm-hmm. to hook up with. Yep. That was me And too. I was just like, uh, so yeah, I totally started two years went by where I didn't fuck a woman. And I started right. to feel really weird about it as it got closer to the two year mark. I did two years too. Yeah. That's when I I started looking at sex workers too. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, maybe I just need to like, like, I just need this to like resettle my nerves. Like I'm not a gay dude, even though I only had gay sex for two years. (laughs) Like I'm freaking myself out. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's a whole other wormhole. Yeah. Like sex work wormhole. I'm in full support, but like, I just couldn't find my place in it. Meet exactly, exactly. And even in like just the whole idea of yeah, like the escort world, but I really like was looking into it. But then you realize it is very heteronormative. It is very like it just is like when we talk about straight privilege, that is one of the of it. It's way more accepted. Basically, you theoretically just like apparently people are doing it, you know, which and I, I never really got it, but I definitely in kind of the pits of my anxiety around it. And I like that you said the no sexing for a bit because that was actually what cured me in many ways from all of this stuff that we're talking about was taking a conscious, not just break from dating, but also a break from sex and kind of relearning where I get validation and how I see validation and like what I consider even important. So trying to hook up with gay men was hard on my self-esteem until I realized that from some gay friends that I eventually made that cis gay men are constantly flaking on each other as well because mm-hmm. I was getting flaked on a lot and I then I started to feel like it was because I was trans that the guys would like 
talk me up and we'd have dirty talk and blah, blah, blah. And then they'd flake and cancel. Mm. And then I realized, oh, they're all doing this to each other on a regular basis. And it really has nothing to do with the fact that I'm trans. Mm. And then I was like, okay, good. So the other thing with in that process, those two years of just hooking up with men though, like I did find at least one really great regular partner. And I did find it cathartic. Uh, sort of healing because I found that like gay sex was it's so self-centered in this kind of healing way like at least it was for me I mean it's not like I was being a selfish lover or anything you know like we're having a dynamic but Mm -hmm. it's this it's this dynamic that's totally different I'm sure there's a lot of other guys that relate to this as well like bi guys trans guys whatever it's like you're just hanging out with your buddy and Mm -hmm. then you fuck Mm-hmm. and there's just like none of that emotional entanglement or weirdness or anything and like just having two years of sex where that's all it is it's like it kind of yeah just allowed all that like icky shit inside to just kind of like smooth over so that when I did finally like meet my current fiance I just felt like so much in a better place, like mm-hmm. so much in a better place. I've heard it described like that. And as someone who didn't have that experience, I know other people who definitely do and trans guys that feel that way as well, you know, and, and, and part of me, like I, I went, I, you know, it just shows there's so many different places to be on the spectrum. Cause I've definitely went through times in my life where I've considered hooking up with guys. And even in my relationships, I've been like, Oh, you know, if I was single, I would totally go hook up with a guy but then I am single and then I don't. And I think I've realized that now over time, I'm like, at the end of the day, like I can say that, but I'm, I'm probably at this point, like in my early thirties, probably not going to act on that because I've had so many opportunities to act on it and I haven't. So I sometimes like the idea more than I actually. So, which I think is a part of like our sexualities. It's like that you can like the idea of something without ever having to actually go do it. Yeah, no, I think it's a really important distinction. I think it confuses the fuck out of a lot of people. And I think a lot of people get super stressed out. (laughs) They do so, especially men, I find. Oh my, like like people who have been raised as straight men. Let's say straight cisgendered men, like this anxiety of like, am I gay or am I not? And it's sort of like those, just because you've had, you know, it's not like that. I know it's it's really jarring. I mean, I yeah. even went through the same thing because it wasn't really I don't know, like yeah, you know, pre-transition, I had boyfriends all through high school and early college. Mm-hmm. And but I was like would straight up from the get-go be like I'm never going to fuck you. Mm-hmm. And I had no I had no problem upholding that. And eventually when I was like 25 or something I fucked a friend just because I was like I'm getting kind of old to like Mm -hmm. not have done this so like Mm -hmm, let's just mm -hmm. do it and like I hope he never watches this because I found it super boring (laughs) and unfulfilling and I was just like okay well that was yeah yeah and then you know the fantasy stays with you but then when I transition you know there's a very common experience so like we get crazy horny and I'm like we're fantasizing about dick all the time for whatever reason yeah. And then, you know, I was married at the time. It was a bit of a sham marriage. Yes. But I went through that whole freak out too of like, oh my God, am I gay? Mm-hmm. I remember when I told my wife at the time, like that I was going to transition, she had experience with trans guy friends and I didn't. And the first thing out of her mouth was like, 
you're gonna leave me for a man that was, was so like, common at the yeah. early days that was like like 10 15 years ago everybody thought that that like transitioning made you gay I had no idea because I had no <laughs> I had no background in trans community like whatsoever I think if you're more comfortable with yourself it's less about it making you gay and more about like if you're com- more comfortable with yourself because gender and sex play these dynamics like you know, being a female and hooking up with a man is a fundamentally different experience than being just the way that you come to the table. Like it really didn't interest me to be the female in the dynamic of what it would be to be with a man. Then when you're a man, you realize, oh, this would actually be different. Your comfort level can change with it. And also, you know, you just are like, you start to see the cracks in all the stuff that, so you're less caught up, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's, it's fundamentally like paramount mm-hmm. um, that that's why, you know, cause then some people will find out like, Oh wait, you fuck men now. Well then like, why did you transition in the I first know. place? As if like, Oh, I just transitioned so I could fuck women. Like none of it makes sense. I know like, cis people that have never had to spend time thinking through any of this sort of brainwashing. Yeah. Oh yeah, just, absolutely. Like, start I, these weird things together. I'm watching the new latest season of drag race and there's a trans guy on it at first I didn't know he was trans and I kind of was like almost triggered by him like his first interview because he's very kind of I would say typical gay behavior like that highly feminine sort of drag sort of behavior which I can sometimes find triggering because I this is a whole other topic but I found in my transition that I lost so much of my community of, of the being recognizable within a community that I found a lot of gay men started to kind of treat me as just this like black guy, which straight like this. Anyway, this whole thing that I found, I started to kind of be rejected by the culture. So it's taken me years to sort of find my way back into it. But anyway, so first I feel that then he says he's trans and I'm like, okay, that's actually totally dope. Then he's amazing, super talented. And I was like, this is awesome that they're even having this just in the last episode found that he's also adopted. I was like, very interesting person. Anyway, my point with that was that he spoke about how his transition was tough to realize that he needed to transition because he was so feminine. Mm. that having to really self-understand and also then teach other people that it's like like he said he was hanging out with his guy friends and they were all very girly and sort of oh bitch please and all this and he's like these are men which means that I can keep that attitude and behavior while still being a man which I think is awesome yeah it is uh there's just so much dynamic that it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to encapsulate and I I can understand how that would make it a lot more confusing um, yeah because know, even when of... I told people transition I'm transitioning I remember my parents a lot of people in my life were like but but like you watch Gossip Girl like <laughs> I've 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 seen you wear a dress right you know you're like okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like also did you wear it because you wanted to but even if you did yeah exactly exactly yeah um, and, you even know, if you did in my past with that sort of thing, you know, a lot of it was forced on me, but then you reach like, for me, you know, you reach a certain age where it's no longer, you know, like, I, you know, I was a mega, mega tomboy. I, you know, I was basically, you know, I was, I was that typical like trans little kid story where like mm-hmm. you're a little kid and you're demanding your boy all the time. And everyone's like, you know, ha ha ha, you're cute. Like go play mm-hmm. sports and whatever. Exactly. And I did dress like a boy, but you can't actually be one. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. It's cute enough mm-hmm. to be a tomboy for a while. Yeah. Until you hit a certain age. 
And then it starts getting really awkward. I mean, even, you know, family aside, it's like, you know, I didn't want to be that like reject in school that was like, you know, still wearing boys clothes when I was like, you know, 15, 16. Uh, I wanted friends and I wanted yeah. to fit in. So it's like, you try to find this, like, I, that's what I did. I tried to find this kind of uh, line I could straddle mm -hmm. where I could still sort of like fit in and be myself, but, you know, deny, you know, who I really felt like I was. Yeah. I also didn't know that transition was an option. I didn't know any of that sort of stuff where I was growing exactly. up at the time. So that stuff all really has like a huge, if I had known any of that stuff, it would have changed everything. Me too. And that's why it's a different world. Yeah. In that yeah. regard, because there's way more access. There's way more, uh, just way more. Really good chats as always. I want to end it with a question for you, Keaton. What's one thing that you're excited about this week? Pushing content out for the Mod Club. I've been working my ass off on the site. Yes. Got lots of great ideas coming down the pipe. So excited to bring it out to all you guys. Great. Me too. Got some calls, you know, just I'm in my new place. I moved. Right. Um, so feeling really good about that. And yeah, I would say if you have a question, I, you know, anything that you're dealing with right now, whether it's a relationship that you're in or whether romantic or not, or, you know, just about keeping yourself feeling motivated, or if you're dealing with anything, we really want to hear about it. So leave us a question. And um, on the next time uh, we make something, we'll, we'll answer it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be answering all your questions, guys. So leave them in the comments. All right. Yeah. Or Cheers. comments. Yeah. Bye.